0: I'm giving myself permission to slow down enough to stay in this moment as long as I can because this only, you know, happens once for us. So I'm going to be in this moment. I apologize if I stay in it longer than you like, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm here and I want to enjoy this moment. Uh, it's the start of a new journey, a new season uh, personally and for all of us as a ministry. And so we start a new chapter and a new teaching series, right? And the new teaching series is called Made for More. And very intentionally, it is a reminder to all of us, and me personally, uh, that each one of us are made for more. We're made for more. That I, I hope you know that as a community of faith and personally, individually, yourself, uh, God's not done using you. Like I, I hope you know that. Uh, that the, we didn't come to a place of now we are plateauing and now we're going to, to say, yep, we did done good. Like, no, we're made for more. He's, there's more work he's going to do in us and through us. And, and And he doesn't want us to settle for status quo or to be comfortable or to become stagnant or to settle or to be basic. But God made us to be more and do more. And the more like that I've learned, the more we become, the more we don't settle. And the more we don't settle, the more we achieve. And the more we bring glory and honor to the Father, the one who made us, right? And so for his kingdom, for his glory, we're going to keep being more because we weren't made to be ordinary. We were made to be extraordinary, okay? And so if we want to be extraordinary, extraordinary, spell it out. If you want to be extraordinary, then we've got to live extraordinary lives. God is inviting you into an extraordinary journey with him. And to do that, to step into that journey, invitation, it requires us to be strong and to be courageous. That's going to be a lot of what we're talking about today. We're going to be in Joshua, the book of Joshua. I know the first book out of the gate for me, I'm going Old Testament. Yes. Some of you are like, thank God, I didn't even know he read the Old Testament. (laughs) I know all your thoughts. (laughs) That's the power of the Spirit. Like, listen, all of us were made for more. And to step into that more, we need to be strong and courageous, strong in our faith and courageous in our obedience to do what very few will do. And some of you wrestle with this. Some of you feel like I'm just supposed to stay like right in my little spot or some of you have been told to stay in your place. Listen, don't ever dim down or dumb down your God-given light just to fit in, okay? He didn't call you just to fit in. You were made to be the light of the world, to shine and sparkle in the midst of dark places and dark people. If your light is too bright for others, offer them sunglasses. All right? Simple as that. Give them your sunglasses. We'll make it biblical. Offer to walk with them 10 miles while you give them your sunglasses. All right? You were made for more, not mediocre. Because mediocre is lukewarm, and I know how God feels about lukewarm, all right? I don't know if you have read this, right? Some people stay away from the book of Revelation. That's fine. Revelation 3.15, though, God says, hey, some of you are lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's a really strong statement, Loretta, from God's word, right? We're not called to be lukewarm. We're called to be more, not mediocre, The world, though, doesn't like us when we pursue being more. The world would like us to stay in our safe place where it's comfortable to stay in the lane of mediocre. Like, listen, growing up, I just endured this for, for a long time. I had family and friends and, and teachers. Uh, they told me there is no way that you're going to be able to break into the theater business in New York City. You're just a, 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 just a punk from a small town in Canton, Ohio. Like, you'll be back in three months with your tail between the legs. And statistically, everything they said was probably right. But someone say, but God but god three months later i didn't come back with my tail between my legs i came back landing the lead role on a broadway national tour and spent the next 10 years of my life performing all across the country because i believe that god made me for more and he's made you for more but do you believe that and will you go after that more or will you settle i was told by doctors that because of damage done to my knee that i would never run again I was told that I'd never be able to endure continuous strain on my joints and the doctors were probably right and medically sound, but God. I went on to run multiple 5Ks and 10Ks and a half marathon and and climb 12 mountains in 12 years because I believe that God made us for more. Will you believe that too to achieve what only he can do through you and in you because you're made for more? When I felt like I was called into ministry, it, it was clear as a bell. One of the few times I actually feel like, hey, that's not my voice, oh my gosh. Freaking out, man, like I promise I'm not doing drugs right now because I'm hearing another voice. I mean, I used to do that, but that, that wasn't in that moment. I, I was actually, yeah, so like I had this moment, like I am called, I know it, I am called by God to lead in his ministry. And you know, uh, well-meaning religious people then told me, that um, no, there's no way, no church would ever seriously consider you as their future pastor because of your past and because of your lack of pedigree. But God. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah, praise God, but God. Listen, don't ever limit what God can do through you. Don't ever place a period where God has placed a comma. Okay? Some of you have placed a period where God's just saying, hey, boo-boo, I just need you to slow down for a minute. But we're not done. Don't. Place a period where God has placed a comma in your life. There's more that He wants to do in you and through you. Every single person. This isn't a message for the young, okay? I know some of y'all are like, oh man, John, I'm old. Why are you talking about like made for more? I'm made for the recliner. Like, what are you talking about? I like a good lazy boy too. I got we I praise God for 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 Miss Miss, Miss Elizabeth. she she gave us a, a a couch that has these electric chairs. They can recline back. I' had never experienced anything like it. I push a button and the, the chair, it goes backwards. I love them recliners, okay, that's really cool, but you weren't made for that, okay? No matter what your age or stage of life, there is still more that God wants to do in you and through you to bring his kingdom to earth, all right? I'm talking to every single person. If you're not dead, he's not done, right? So until he calls you home or he returns, let's start doing some more things because we're made for more. For his glory, for his kingdom, for his mission. How do i know this well because i read the bible all right that's how that that, that's pretty much it uh jesus's words he said i tell you the truth um anyone who believes in me will do the same works no he then corrects himself which i love and then even greater works actually because i'm going to go to the father and you can ask for anything in my name and i will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it. Uh, make sure it's aligned line for God's glory and not your glory. All right, don't get that scripture twisted, right? He's saying, hey, you're going to do even greater things. Greater doesn't sound like mediocre. Greater sounds like more. Ephesians 2.10, he says, you, the body of Christ, you are God's masterpiece, not mediocre, masterpiece that has been created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Then Jesus again in John ten ten he says, hey, I have come this so that you may have life and that you may have it, what word is that? More abundantly, not less, not mediocre, more abundantly, abundant life, not mediocre, settle into your comfort zone life. Do you believe that your right now is as good as it gets? Gosh, I hope not, right? I heard that, whoever said that, I love you. Praise God for your honesty. Or do you believe that there is more that God has in store for you? So, so like, what would more look like for you? I'm mean, like, really? You know there's going to be a day, and I mean this, um, where I'm not going to ask questions and not expect an answer from you. I want you to know that, like, if, if God has given me 20 years to be, you know, uh, with each of you as your leader, I'm going to try new things in how we gather and approach and communicate. Uh, this is one form that we can communicate and learn together. There's lots of other forms. So like, you know, like, like, what would it look like for you to step into your more? Like, what would more look like in how you navigate your finances? Are you tired of like ducking and dodging creditors and debt collectors and, and like wondering how you're ever going to get out of that hole and not just living paycheck to paycheck? going through payday loans and, like, it it doesn't have to be like that. Speaking from experience, it, it can change. There is more for you that God can do in that arena. What would your area be where there's more for you? Or maybe another way to ask it would be, like, where have you allowed yourself or you've allowed phone calls to ring or you've allowed like there to be voices of doubt because we listen to a lot of voices but is it his voice or the voices of doubt and the voices of the enemy do do we have we allowed unhealthy voices unhealthy influences have we allowed decisions from our past to limit our future Where would more need to take place for you to realize, oh, God's still at work? Maybe it's in your relationships, in your marriage, in your career, maybe, in your dreams. Some of you have put a lid on your dreams because that's what you have been told. Did God tell you to limit your dreams? Maybe it's in your parenting. You you think, like, there's no way I can get through. There's no way that I can help. There's no... Who said there's no way I know Christ didn't he said I can do all things like wait a minute <laughs> all things doesn't sound like a limit <laughs> maybe you've you're struggling and you've limited like your pursuit of purpose and your pursuit of meaning or your pursuit of becoming who God created you to be like like what is that area look like to, to to get there, I believe it's going to take these two things we're going to talk about. To be strong in your faith and be courageous enough in obedience to do what few will do. To be strong and courageous to break through and cross over into your more. And it can be scary. We're going to, we're going to talk about that this whole series of what it means to cross over into your next. The story I want to look at today is right at the start of Joshua. Joshua 1.1. 1, 1, and and, and I'm just going to read it so we can get going. It says this. It says, after the death of Moses. If you don't know who Moses is, there's a cool movie about him. That's cool. You can watch it. Um, some of you have. That's cool. Inside church jokes are always good. Um, Moses was a, a leader of, of God's people for a really long time. Uh, he was leading God's people with great faith and obedience and, and, and just did so many so many incredible and amazing wonders were experienced under his leadership that God's people got to be a part of. And it says, after the death of this servant, Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Joshua was being trained under Moses. And the Lord said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you, Joshua, to lead these people, the Israelites, and to lead them across the river into the land that I have promised to them, that I'm going to give them. I promise you what I promised Moses, that wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, and no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I like that one. Uh, for I will be with you as I was with Moses I will not fail you or abandon you be strong and courageous he says for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all that I swore to their ancestors some of you are in this ministry and, and, and I know one family like four generations have been in this ministry ancestors there's been promises He says, you are the one who will lead these people now to possess all that I have swore to the ancestors that I would give them. So be strong and very courageous. I love that he repeats himself because he knows there's going to be some stuff that you're going to doubt yourself. So let me put an emphasis on this. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate them, turning either to the right or to the left then you'll be successful in all that you do notice that it's in our obedience we'll be successful not in our achievement in our obedience study this book of instruction continually meditate it on a day and night be sure to obey everything written in it only then in our obedience again Will you prosper and succeed in all you do? This is my commands. This is our commands that we need to receive to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Ooh, turn down the thermometer, y'all, that are kind of like, I don't know how it's going to go. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you and will be with you wherever you go. And then Joshua, he then commanded the the officers of Israel, like the leaders within the the community of faith, he he said, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready, get themselves ready, because in three days, we're about to go do something. We're about to cross the River Jordan and take possession of the land that your your God is giving you. Friends, um, there's a lot of parallels (laughs) in the story of where we are. In a ministry, in a season for Whitewater Crossing. And I just want to say to you, get ready. Get ready. And we'll unpack that in a couple weeks. Like, get ready. What does get ready mean? Get ready because you're about to step into what God has prepared for you. Get ready. You're about to step into your more. So, to get ready to. to To step into that more, it's going to require faith, to be strong in our faith, and to be courageous. Like, I was thinking about this story in Joshua, and I was thinking, like, man, I could say this about the people of Israel, and I could say this about the people of Whitewater. And so think about this. Which one am I talking about? For decades, God has done miracles and wonders among his people, and there's been countless stories of life transformation and experienced things that very few could even dream or imagine. Which one is that? And then in this next season of ministry for them, whichever the them is I'm talking about, to step into what God had promised his people, a new la- leader was then raised up. In Numbers 27, I'm, go- I'm-, I'm going back even further in the Old Testament. <laughs> I like turn the page back to the left, right? Crazy. In Numbers 27, we see Moses a- a- as, you know, like he's realizing there's, there's something coming ahead and I'm not going to be able to, Go the next mile. And, and he sees us, and he's asking God to raise up a new leader, just as David asked God to raise up a new leader for Whitewater. Numbers 27 said, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, Lord, you are God who gives breath to every creature. Please anoint a new man as leader for the community. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle. Amen. Hey. So the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. And God, who is always faithful, he replied, he said, hey, take that guy with the name that starts with a J. (laughs) And he's got the spirit in him and I want you to lay your hands on him and present him to Eliezer, the priest. Some of y'all didn't know I could say that word. So I had to look it up and listen to how it was pronounced. (laughs) Y'all didn't know how to say it either. (laughs) Lay your hands on him and do so publicly. Publicly commission him to lead the people. Transfer some of your authority to him so that the whole community will follow him. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eliezer, the priest, and the whole community, and Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead God's people just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. This is what we just did. If you were here last week, this is what we did. There was a laying on of hands and a commissioning for what God has in store for us. It was very surreal these last couple weeks, um, you know, like uh, it was a lot of public stuff to celebrate a lot of private things that have been going on for 30 months. But I think it was important to publicly do this. Uh, like, we, Kelly and I have been being prayed over for a long time. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, how many times are we going to lay the hands on? <laughs> Let's get it right this time. <laughs> but this couple weeks ago, if you were here when there was a passing of the helmet, if you were there for that, like, something surreal happened and very, very supernatural. There was a a peace and a strength that kind of just settled in that I hadn't felt before. And I I was telling friends to describe it kind of like in a sports metaphor, like uh, the game slowed down. Like everything kind of slowed down and I no longer felt like, you know, you got to rush, you got to go. I could breathe a little easier. I I don't know what that means, but I'm so grateful for that. I mean, I know where it comes from. something supernatural is happening not just in me but in us God's not done it's amazing to be surrounded by so many people that are on mission together it's amazing to have you guys I hope you know this and get to experience them our team and our elders are just this incredible group of people that are just focused on jesus and bringing his kingdom to earth like and like make no mistake about it we are in a battle just like joshua said we're gonna do battle we are in a battle we're in a battle going up against the enemy and the army of darkness make no mistake we're in a battle folks and like it or not your new leader is a street fighter okay that that comes with pros and cons let me just saying I'm going to say some things and do some things that you may not like, but, hey, I'm, my eyes are on Jesus, so hopefully i make fewer mistakes. Like, like I, don't, I don't know if I'll always get it right. Let me be, as my wife already knows, I know I will not always get it right, but I will do everything I can to make sure that I am storming the gates of hell for one more. And I'm inviting you into that same battle to be strong and courageous, because we've been called into the greatest mission that's ever been given, right? Like, we, we've been, oh, seriously, like, man, I don't know why people are like, man, church is boring and it's stupid, and, and following Jesus is for weak. Like, really? Like, you're called into the greatest battle ever known, to, like, to smack Satan in the mouth and bring heaven to earth and seek and save the lost and bring freedom to the oppressed and bring hope to the hopeless, like, and train others to do the same. That's incredible, right? And to do that, it is going to require us to push ourselves to beyond what we have been used to, to push ourselves to become something more because each of you have more in you. There's more that you are capable of. And I mean that in every single sense of the word. Some of you have been like, man, I've been doing good. I've been doing a good Christian. I check all the boxes. I'm like, really? Get ready, because I'm about to push you into something new and more. And some of you are like, man, don't, John. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't push us sorry too late all right there's more that you are being called to do because he hasn't come back yet and there's still billions of people living in hell there's more work to be done there's no listen we got to tear the limitations off of us because the limits to your potential is only limited by the limits that you place on god Right? Like, like, So how big is your God? How strong is your faith? How courageous is your heart? Are you living your life for you or his life for you? Are you doing the dreaming for your life or are you allowing him to dream your dreams? Are you like made for what you see in front of you? Like, well, this is what I see, so I guess this is as good as it gets. Or are you made for what God sees for you and living out his plan for your life? The limit to our potential is only limited by the limits that we place on God. We have been made for more. With that, I want to share a couple things with you that we just need to get them out of the way. I had had a friend of mine, he texted me after first service. He was watching. He's out of town right now, and he texted me. He said, John, I don't want you to do that ever again. I won't tell you what it was. And I said, I won't. I promise you I won't. I will I will unapologetically be me. But we've gotta address an elephant in the room and then move on. And so I wanna address this a couple things from my heart. I will never be able to fill David's shoes. They are David's shoes. They are not mine. They were given to him for a season, a season of life and ministry that was set aside for him and assigned to him and commissioned to him as he lived out Paul's you know, charge to us to, to live a life worthy of the calling that, that he had received. And that's not just for pastors. Like, each of you have received a calling that you're supposed to live out, right? Each of you have been given a divine assignment. David had his own. David had his own shoes. I have my own shoes to fill. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) I have my own shoes. (laughs) It's not a respect thing. You don't know how much I respect that man. I have my own shoes. He has his own shoes. (laughs) And just very candidly, the more that like all families, and we'll talk about family, I believe we are a family more than a community as we go forward. And like all families, we got that crazy uncles, and, and right? You know, some of you probably think I'm your crazy cousin Eddie, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many National Lampoon quotes that I wanna share right now, <laughs> but none of them are like appropriate. <laughs> but all I got is I'm in your driveway with my RV in my bathrobe <laughs> emptying it. That, that, that's who you got, okay? That There's an RV. Um, so my beautiful family with all the different beautiful people that make up a family, please hear my heart. The more that I'm coerced, or tempted or emailed to try to be like David or try to fill his shoes or or, or try to do what he would have done. You are tempting me to abandon the specific calling on my life. I have my own shoes to fill. And I promise you, these size 12s have enough problems of their own, okay? If there's anyone's shoes that I'm trying to fill, it actually is not a shoe, it is a sandal. And that is a daily challenge for me. I know some of you are worried. Like you worry about a family member. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about you know, what's going to happen with our family. We're going through something, right? I know that some of you are worried. Some of you have been around for a long time and you're like, oh, things are changing. Yeah, a normal. It's, it's normal. It's a normal part of change. It's, it's a normal part of grieving. We maybe not call it grieving, but friends, that's what it is. You're grieving the loss of a friend, a family member, a pastor of 20 years, and, and some of you are grieving. And I get that. And when you grieve, you go through all sorts of these different emotions like, you know, uh, anger and denial and, and, and bargaining and depression and acceptance. And you don't go through that in any order. That's a lie. It's more like a roller coaster. And you just, like, keep going through all these different stages. And, and it just keeps going again again and again, again. and again. And if you're there, if you've been around for 10, 20, 30 years, and you're somewhere on that roller coaster, family, I am with you. Talk to me. You're not alone in that journey. I will walk through that ride with you together. I will get in the cart. I'll put the thing down and I'll go, hands up, okay? I will lift my hands while your hands are heavy. And I will help you lift yours again. You're not alone in that journey. But please know David's not gone. Like, gone, gone. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) he's been reassigned. And continuing on, on his calling that he and Donna have for their life. He's still coaching me. And friends, I have some beautiful mentors around me. Men and women that just call me out on my stuff. Like, it's, an incredible team of elders and staff that are encouraging me and giving me wisdom. We're going to be okay. <laughs> I... Uh, I I sat some friends down last, uh, it would have been Sunday after, after Sunday's celebration. I sat some friends down and family over at the house and I, I said, I, I have some promises that I wanna make to you and I wanna make to God. And I want you to hold me accountable to them. And, and family, I wanna share these promises with you so that you can hold me accountable to them. And I would challenge, each of you to maybe make a similar promise. So here are my promises. As I step into this next season of ministry as your leader, I promise to remind myself daily that I am loved. I am worthy, not because of anything that I have done or will do, but because I am a son of King Jesus. I promise to be a husband who cherishes and sacrifices for my bride, Kelly. I promise to be a father who delights and protects and provides for his kids. I promise to not sacrifice my bride or my kids for this bride. Yeah, praise God. You better want me to make that promise. That's not a good testimony. I promise to be a friend who will open his heart and his home to share my vulnerable, true self. I promise to never believe that I can become everybody's friend and make everyone like me, except for Nick. (laughs) Ain't no, my mama taught me better. Ain't no way I'm going to make everybody happy. And. I will never get myself into that thinking of, you can make them all happy, they'll all be your friends. I promise to be a leader that is worthy of following as I follow Christ, because that's the only thing that's gonna make me worthy of following. I promise to be an ally and an ambassador of Jesus to the least lost, marginalized, under resourced, and underrepresented. I promise to be a wrecking ball for Jesus, to tear down anything that stands in the way of someone getting to the feet of our King. I promise to never tolerate people promoting division, infighting, or sowing discord in our church community. Friends and family, please hear my heart in a country, culture, community, church where we are being tempted to be torn apart and abandon our call from God to do all things to promote unity among the bride. If you like to be that type of person, if you like to be divisive, if you like to sow discord, please first stop, come talk to me. You wanna be grown folk, let's be grown folk. Come talk to me and we'll talk. And I would like to help you navigate on the why you like to do that. And if the end of that talk, if you still wanna be like that, I will be the first to help you find a new church but i would like to be a part of the solution first i promise to edify equip empower and encourage this community of faith to grow in our calling and commitment to christ to become who we were created to be i promise to be relentless to live out jesus's mission to seek and save the lost by all means and empower each of you to do the same. I promise to remind myself daily that I have a vision from God to advance the kingdom and bring heaven to earth that is God breathed and will not come to fruition without him. I promise to remind myself that God can and will do what I cannot. And I promise to be strong and courageous, to not allow fear and discouragement to overcome me and to not forget that he will be with me wherever I go. I promise that I won't always be a theatrical jerk. But you know, it's in me, you know? I mean, for so long, you know, like, I'll just try to keep that monster locked up in the cage. Let him out every once in a while. These are my promises. Things will change. Anytime there's a change in leadership, things will change. That's pretty standard operating procedure. But family, here in my heart, some things will never change. Our our mission and vision will never change. We will never stop doing whatever it takes to reach lost people, not just on Sunday, but every dang day of the week. You know I filtered myself because I didn't want to say that. Dang. (laughs) We will never stop doing whatever it takes. We'll never stop loving God and loving people, all people, because Christ died for all people. We'll never stop rooting our lives, our mission, and our ministry in the Word of God as our authority for all that we do. Those things will never change. Some things will change. We will commit to changing things up and creating new ways to not just reach lost people and help them make a decision for Jesus, but make them disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples to change their world. And that will require change. We will commit to starting new expressions of faith communities throughout the tri-state area, the Midwest, and around the world, whether that's through starting micro churches. Multi sites, starting new churches or nonprofits, or establishing new partnerships with strategic partners, we will commit to spreading the gospel until the whole world hears or until He returns. Friends, we're going to be more than okay because <laughs> the work of this ministry has only just begun. Like we're able to make these types of commitments because it's rooted on the foundation of 106 years of God at work. Through the power of his spirit and through his people, we are made for more and he's not done. This church was not founded by David Vaughn or Harold Hockley or fill in the name of your favorite pastor of the past. This church was founded by a man who lived a sinless life who died on a cross, rose from the dead, conquered death once and for all. That's who's in charge. That's who's leading us. That's who will always be leading us. That's whose eyes I'm fixed on and that's whose sandals I'm trying to fill. So friends, let's get to work. Jesus, I'm asking that you will always take over. That you will shut it down the moment we try to make it our own. This is your ministry, not ours. Jesus, continue to prune me. Continue to shape me into the leader that you have called and created me to be. I am here for as long as you will have me, Christ. You are my king and I bow my knee only to you. Jesus, help us. There will be times when we are afraid and there will be times when we are discouraged. Help us to be strong and courageous no matter what river you are calling us to cross so that we may step into the promises that you have in store for us. We trust you. We commit our lives to you. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.